holidays, everyone. This is, we'll call it our holiday episode because it's happening between Christmas and New Year's. We didn't want to leave you all without a podcast in case you're at the office, still working during these few days, or you're looking for something to listen to. So Carrie and I thought rather than record a brand new podcast for this time, we would look back at one of our favorite episodes from season one. So what do we got, Carrie, coming today? Yeah, it's our best of category. Yes, best of. um, Season one was a lot of fun because we asked marketers to share their oh shit moments. There were a lot, there were different varieties. And I think it just goes to prove that we marketers are steadfast, have thick skin, and we can pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off and keep on going. We decided, Dana, that the the one that we got the biggest giggle out of is the one that Sandra Freeman shared with us. Sandra Freeman is the VP of Strategic Marketing at Demandbase. She's a friend of the team here at UDG and a favorite in the industry. Everybody loves her. And she shared the funny story of she she's an event goddess. She's done a gazillion events over her career. And one of them, she decided to put little round chocolates on people's pillows. So after a long day at the show, coming back and having a little chocolate compliments of Sandra and people mistook it as a condom and got in a uh, a state of disarray at Sandra leaving a condom on their pillows. So <laughs> I don't think that's the uh, message she was trying to give. Another funny thing that she talks about is um, an email that almost went out that misspelled the CEO's name. Can you imagine? Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think we share a a couple of other event and email mishaps in the episode that are funny. Room drops gone bad for sure. uh, We've (laughs) talked about. And yeah, so I think everyone, you're really going to enjoy this one. There's a lot of laughter in it. It definitely was one of my favorites from the season as well. Yeah. So tune in. Happy holidays. Enjoy. And uh, we'll be back at the beginning of the year with some new and fresh content. See you soon. Happy New Year. Okay, it's great to have everybody here today. Thank you for joining us, Miss Sandra Freeman. Yay! We've been looking forward to this one. (laughs) Yes. We sure have. We sure have. I know this is going to be a super fun episode. Dana and I are really excited. So why don't you go ahead and just give us the Sandra Freeman intro? You know, how did you get here? Where are you right now? And then we'd like to hear a little bit more about what you're doing at your current role. Sure. Hi, everybody. Sandra Freeman. I'm the VP of Strategic Marketing at Demandbase. And prior to Demandbase, um, well, in my early years, I worked at Apple and Ariba and Arbor Software, and then I was really excited to get work with Marketo. So that was almost 10 years with Marketo, where I did a lot of big demand gen programs. And then after Marketo, worked at Engageo, where I focused on more ABM, very big deal programs, more focused. And now at Demandbase, I do a little of both. So it's really fun. And I love working in the marketing space and working with marketers. It's been a joy to me. It's great. Well, your role at Demandbase is pretty new, right, Sandra? What brought you there and what's your day look like these days? Yeah. Yeah, I've been there about nine months. I was consulting for a little bit at Demandbase and then saw everything, the vision for the future, the acquisitions of Inside View and Demand Matrix and 
all the data work there and just like, I want to be a part of this, right? So jumped in, uh, managed the mid-market segment. We also support across all segments, different webinars and email marketing and integrated programs, but in particular, the mid-market segment and really helping make sure we hit our pipeline numbers on for that team. That's great. So they roped you in. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And full disclosure, uh, Demandbase is a client of UDG. So we love them. So is Inside View. We love them. So um, <laughs> awesome. 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 Got the band back together. So So Sandra, you mentioned your time at Marketo and without saying that it was 2007, it was a long time ago when you and I first started working with the team at Marketo years ago. You've seen a lot, right? Over the 10 years that you were there, enormous growth in the MarTech space and just kind of this transformation of how we behave as marketers and what's important to us and and the value that we can bring to an organization via revenue generation. You know, there were some bumps along the way. And the focus of this season of our podcast is really about what we what we learned from the mistakes that we made. And I know when Dana and I talked to you earlier, you were very forthcoming in some of the mistakes that uh, that you experienced over your time, um, which we truly appreciate because we want people to learn as we have from the mistakes that we've made and, and we've seen made. So, so I know there were a couple of oh shit moments that you defined at Marketo and I think I lived through one of them with you, which involves some tears. So let's talk a little bit about that. How about the webinar fuck up that you inadvertently stepped in the doo-doo on yeah. and, and what happened there? <laughs> I believe it was my first <laughs> webinar and we were using a new tool that I wasn't familiar with. I think it was GoToWebinar or something like that. And what I didn't realize is whatever setting I had you could see all the participants and everybody else could see all the different participants. So. I didn't even realize this while it was happening, but after the fact, someone, and I'll tell you who the someone was, posted on social media, uh, I can't believe these Marketo numbskulls are are sharing all these information of all the rest of the people on the webinar. Eloqua, pay attention. You could nab all these people. And it totally made me cry. And I was like, oh, you know, and... uh, I was working for John Miller at the time. He's pretty stickler, you know, lived with it and everything. He actually hired the person who posted that on social. And her name is Maria Pergolino, calling you out, Maria. (laughs) And the reason I call out Maria Pergolino is we've since worked together for a long time. We have become super friends. She's my daughter's godmother, actually. So the learning is don't you take yourself too seriously and don't like hold grudges <laughs> because yeek, I would remember calling you a go. I can't believe that, that she did this, <laughs> but in the end it's okay. Probably I'm the only one who ever even remembers yeah. it. Oh, I remember but, it. Yeah. You remember it. <laughs> and you know, I learned too, a more of a checklist with your webinars, test it out. If you don't know the technology, do a dry run. I mean, I shouldn't have, done my first one live, right? It's like when you mean to BCC someone on an email and we're a whole (laughs) list of people and you don't, and then we send it out to everybody, right? (laughs) Yeah. And and back in those days, it was pretty aggressive from a prospecting perspective with Eloqua. And I think it was Manicor was was one of the other early tools. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the call out and, and I had a couple salespeople reach out to me and say, wow, and it was like, well, there you go. There's the, there's the prospect list. 
<laughs> if you sold sponsorships, hey, there you go. Hey. We made it easy for you. I hope you I hope you took some screenshots. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Well, your email comment was a good segue into one of the other fun little snafus that Sandra had experienced related to sending emails for Marketo through Marketo. So do you want to touch on that one, Sandra? Sure. I think this was my first email that I had sent for Marketo and it was coming from the CEO. And it was going to, I think, a hundred thousand people. I had never sent such a large send before. And I was pretty new. And I had put in the signature that the CEO's name was Phil Hernandez. His name is Phil Fernandez from (laughs) not Hernandez. So I checked it so many times. I had so many people check it, different eyes on it. Now, luckily for me, right before I sent it, I figured it out and I changed the H to the F and I wasn't fired because I'm guessing I might've been fired for that one. A note from the wrong name of your CEO. So my learning was just really make sure you always get multiple eyes on, especially email sends. Like you can run into trouble when people ask you for things fast and you just have to say, okay, we got to slow down. This is important. Let's make sure we do it right. You really do. After the fact, it's too late. It's gone. So luckily it wasn't a deal breaker, but it was close. I think that's so important, Sandra. And I think Carrie and I've been talking a lot about this with the team and just as we all are so busy and it feels even, I don't know, every year it feels busier than the last year, but I feel like less and less we have the space to like the mental space to do things correctly. Everybody wants things rushed. Everybody needs things yesterday. And that's where the mistakes happen, right? And and if we don't have the space to make sure we can correct that stuff, and like even you said, you had read it many times, your eyes plays tricks on you, right? When you're editing and you miss things. and But I think giving people the space to do the job correctly and to have the time to do their double checks ultimately saves us in the long run from some of these snafus, I think. Yeah, and feeling confident enough to say, hold on. I know you want this this minute, but I really need to check it. Let's just take a breath. You'll regret it if you don't, potentially. (laughs) I was a PR major and my professor, he was like very, I was a stickler about grammar and I'm terrible at grammar. You can ask Carrie, I'm like one of those. (laughs) So he used to say you should flip it upside down and read it backwards. And what's interesting about that was stuff like that, if you do, you will catch, because you don't catch it if you've written it or you've read it so many times, but if you like look at it from a different angle. We don't print things out anymore. So that was like way back when, when we actually printed stuff. But it was interesting because you would catch a hundred more things than you do when you're reading it. I'd also say if you have a backup person who never gives you any kind of feedback ever, and all it is, is this is good. This is good. This is good. They're probably not reading it. So make sure you have someone who really is helping you. That's really good advice. I agree with that. So, or maybe your stuff is all just perfect, Sandra. Oh yeah. No. (laughs) The team probably knows that about Carrie and I when we're quick to respond. Yeah, it looks good. And they're probably good. You didn't even look at it, did you? Oh, I love it. I love it. And I think, you know, on the content side too, Dana, as we're creating 
longer form contents for clients, ebooks, white papers, those types of things. The rush thing is an issue, right? Where when you say it takes four to six weeks and everybody is wanting to tighten up those timelines, you don't want to give on the deep editing process that we go through as, as well as the proofreading, right? Because we've all seen the result of things that are pushed through too quickly, as you know, Sandra just described. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't do that. <laughs> One comment for you on the four to six weeks right now, it remind me, supply chain's a big deal right now. If you are doing direct mail, make sure you have plenty of time. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're basically saying even just in holiday shopping, right? I mean, if you don't get it out at a certain time, I mean, or orders placed, you're not going to get it. So... Yeah. Love it. Good. Well, th thank you for those fun experiences from the early days, Sandra. That was hilarious. All right. So we know that you've done a lot with events too, Sandra, right? Back in, is it your Marketo days? Probably all across your, your career. But I know that you've done a lot of event stuff. And so there's had to have been some snafus along the way when it comes to events. Love to hear a little bit about those. I know there was an issue with chocolate confusion we'd love to hear about. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. It's one of my favorite, actually. So <laughs> early days, running one of my first events, a physical event when we used to be able to do that. We're, I think they're coming back, guys. I'm looking for the 2022. Sponsor of a conference, um, we had a room drop. And I thought it would be really great to leave chocolate pillows. And so I ordered some chocolate, then I ordered a postcard and I thought, oh, sweet dreams, chocolate with the postcard be left on their pillows. Great. What I didn't do, and the learning here is you should do this, is see a sample before you approve that anything be left shared with anybody else, is the card and the chocolate, the chocolate was in like a silver foil and it was a circle everybody thought it was condom. So they thought we were leaving condoms on pillows. I mean, it was really embarrassing. I was just mortified. Now, of course, when they opened it, it's chocolate, but woo. if they opened it, right? Oh, Some that's people true. might have been like, oh, oh I'm not like yeah, yeah, that happened. Get a sample, people. Did you get feedback Gosh. from people? On oh, that? yeah. Did oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. They oh, go, can't believe you guys were giving out condoms. I said, we weren't. It was chocolate. Swear, swear. Chocolate. Look at it. Look at it. And some people might have been disappointed the other way, like thinking it was a condom and then it wasn't. <laughs> they were like, oh, no. <laughs> this is chocolate. <laughs> Sandra, because I've had a room drop incident too. And it was like our first and we were doing a customer event and we were being really creative. And we had these little like Chinese takeout food containers, but we didn't put any kind of label on them or anything. And then we filled them with fortune cookies and all the messages were in there. And we did a room drop. So when they came home from our night event, they'd have like a little snack at night. Everybody just thought some weirdos hung takeout on their door and nobody took them. So not as bad as the condom, but we got a lot of feedback too going, did anyone get weird takeout on their door last night? And we were like, Oh, that was no, there was goodies in there. And so thinking through, like you said, at least you said you had a postcard. We didn't think about putting any kind of wrapper. So it was just hung on the door. <laughs> it was and like it had the red, like, like on the little cartons and just hung on the door. It said nothing. We just didn't think it I through. I grabbed it. I love Chinese leftovers. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if it wasn't mine. <laughs> 
that brings up an idea for me. I just to share with you guys is when we are back to group gifts, we're back in the offices and you want to send a box of cookies, right? It needs to have picture it by itself. No one's around. It needs to have all that branding on it. So if someone walks up, they know what it is. Otherwise, no one knows. And I've seen it so many times. Who gave us this? I don't know. I don't know. And it, you want it to be, this came from Unreal or this came from Demandbase, et cetera. And just make it really clear. Nice and nice. I, I think it's so true, Sandra, because what we're seeing is people are drop shipping things from places, which is great because they're like giving a gift, but then there's no kind of label or it's like thinking through... The, 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 experience. the total experience. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Who sent me this gift? I love it. Well, you guys probably remember, it wasn't too long ago, and I think it was at the Marketo conference here in Vegas, Sandra, a couple of years ago, the one where DJ Jazzy Jeff was there. And, oh, that would have um, so We were fun. all there, right? Oh my God. When Will Smith came on stage. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. I remember that was so awesome. I think that that was the one where, where one of our clients had sent their targeting salespeople. They had sent them a, maybe it was Serious Decisions. It might've been Serious Anyway, so a show in Vegas where they had sent kind of a Vegas survival kit. And there was like hand sanitizer and bottled water and Advil and condoms. And they did send condoms. And it was, I think they were going for a little bit of the attention getting. And it definitely made its way to social media, people commenting on it and stuff. And so, Sandra, what do you think about something like that to do an intentional kind of bold thing that gets people talking? Yeah, I like to have a bold edge, but... Like sometimes I think it's worth debating some of that. Like, what do you feel comfortable about? You know, don't our friends at Uber Flip, I think it was F star CK marketing, you know, do you feel comfortable with that? I think that's been really well received, but it all depends on your team and what you want to portray, I think. Yeah. And your brand and the voice and stuff that you want to have. But it was interesting to see, you know, some people were like, that's great, super fun. And other people were like, very offensive. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, I think if you don't take the middle of the line, you have to expect, you know, people on either side to have a point of view. So well, and then there's the mindset. Is any press bad press? I mean, everybody's talking about it. It's on social. So whether you agreed with it or not, they definitely they definitely got some leverage out of it for sure, right? So, all right. So, Sandra, so you have some more event stuff, right? There was something about a, a weekend. You would thought you had gotten a weekend, right? Event, a little escape to a, a retreat. Yeah, so this was not my mistake, but I think there's learnings from it. I received an email. I was a managing a partner marketing. And I received an email from that partner saying, hey, you have a free all expenses paid weekend at this fancy, fancy resort in Napa, Silverado. I was so excited. I remember like calling everybody, guess what? I'm going to Silverado. It's free. Blah, blah. Within the next hour, I got the retraction email that said, oops, we didn't mean to send this to you. And the background on this, the true story is, instead of sending to the 50 people that it was intended to go to, it went to the 100,000 people it wasn't supposed to go to. 
So 100,000 people thought they were going to Silverado, or at least whatever portion opened that, right? And so the learning there, I know, was in Marketo, that's a funny thing, but when it's waiting for the list, it like spins around and you're kind of like waiting and waiting. And so the person just hit send instead of waiting for it to resolve. If they had waited, it would have been 99,950. <laughs> and, and they, they could have stopped it, Sandra. They could have stopped it then. Well, then you'd never send it, right? You'd never yeah, hit yeah. send. You'd let it resolve it. and then you hit send. But if you if got you it. hit if you press too early, it's gonna go to whatever number that was. So my uh learning is just you gotta have patience, especially with that kind of thing. Wait till you see the number. I'd spend a lot of time in the old days, like really looking at numbers and what's the result. Is it what you expect, right? If you're sending to were you expecting to send to 3,000? Do you think it should be 30,000? Did you expect it to be 30? Like you have to look at that and also think, is that what it should be based on whatever the situation is? And, and just be smart about that and relook at your filters and make sure it's right. So I didn't go to Napa. On that <laughs> Napa. <free thing. laughs> Boo. I love wine. So were you like annoyed with the brand that sent that out or were you understanding of the mistake? I mean, you know, I would imagine for some people it would have been a real letdown. Right. No, I, and if you're the person who did that, hit the send and are listening to this, no, I felt, I feel sorry. It's my life too. I could do something like that easily. So no, I felt sorry for them. I know somebody had a bad day and my advice for that, and this comes from Awesome. Heidi Bullock, she's the CMO of Telium, used to be a CMO over at Engage also. She always says, we are in PR, not the ER. And that's what I tell people. It's PR, not the ER. Nobody's dying over an email mistake. Come on, people. Because somebody didn't you know. go to Napa and they thought they were. You know, you know it's fine. We'll live. <laughs> But still, we have to go to Napa. Let's put it on the list. Well, yes, we'll we have to go to Napa, <laughs> to Silverado, to make up for Sandra's love do it. And we'll take our, our chocolate uh, circles with us. Our chocolate and, uh, condoms and our, fake, our um, fortune cookies and unmarked cartons. Um, <laughs> we should do it. Let's do a failure day. Anybody wants to meet us up there, it'd be fun. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it would be such a, a fun event, a live oh. event for marketers just talking about all the mistakes and what we've learned. Oh, for sure. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think email is just one of those areas where I think we're also prone to so many mistakes with these sentences, right? I mean, we're sending so many out. And I think even when I don't tee up many anymore, and I had to do one this week, and I just like, it's a fear, right? It's like, oh my gosh, because I don't do this day in and day out anymore. I'm like, is this right? Have I missed something? Is it going to go out? I mean, it's just, it's a little nerve wracking. <laughs> I think you want to be a little bit nervous about it, right? Because once you're lackadaisical about it, that means you're not paying attention. So yeah. All right. So we've got some time yet. Let's go off script a little bit. So this isn't necessarily a failure for you, Sandra, but Carrie and I have been having a lot of discussion with clients and Gina too about ABM versus targeted marketing. You feel like going there a little bit? Okay, sure. Well, I think it's an interesting, I know you just have so much ABM experience and, you know, we talk to so many clients who come to us, you know, probably on a weekly basis and they're like, we want ABM. And we're like, eh, once you get into it with them, they don't really want ABM. What they want is targeted marketing. And so I think it'd be great just to hear your insight on, A, what you're seeing is kind of those difference and how you decide and just kind of, 
And I know this is sort of a religious conversation, but I think it'd just be interesting with your background to hear a little bit about your thoughts on that subject. I think words do matter. And I think words can cause a lot of confusion. And in general, when you tell a sales team you have an ABM program, they have no idea what you're talking about, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) That's very true. So I think it's really about different levels of focus. It's all about where am I going to focus my resources? What are my problems? You see all the research out there. It talks about there's one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many. But really, it's like, do I need to reach a new vertical? Or am I stuck? Do I have stuck opportunities in this segment and I need to put more resources there? Or here's my top 10 accounts, huge accounts that need extra love. Let's go support them. So what are you, because nobody has enough resources. We're always so busy. What are you going to put a little extra love into, a little extra to get the results you want? I don't care if you call it XYZ. It's what your focus is, what your plan is to get to your objectives. Now, we do call it account-based. That's what the terminology we've been using. But in the end, it's really about reaching those objectives. And account-based is typically, I think, more when you have a bigger buying group. Like you could say, I'm doing account-based and I have one buyer. Well, you don't really need to go account-based, do you? Like, really, come on, just get that one buyer. But when you have so many complex buying groups and people to influence, that's where you need to put more energy in engaging with more people. And that's hard. You have to have different messaging. You have to make sure you activate your sales team in the right way so they're talking to all the people instead of the one person. What do you guys think? Yeah, no, I think- We have um, an opinion about that. (laughs) So you're talking about the complexity of the sales process. And and I would would also add, and I've I've heard you say this, Sandra and John Miller as well, you you gotta be patient because ABM, it's not, if you're trying to get a quick win, it is more of a process in focusing on developing those relationships at all the different stages. And in order to make that worth it, ultimately- better served for maybe higher end ticket items, right? So ACVs that are not in the low thousands, but maybe the closer to, you know, 50 or hundred million. Do you agree with that? Well, again, if you're saying it's really about your focus, like even for the mid-market, like you could do, let's say a workshop with these targeted accounts that you're inviting to that workshop and you get extra executive support to get to that workshop. You could do extra advertising. So again, you're doing more focused efforts. And if those folks buy in three to six months, you're not going to be waiting years for results. I mean, that's that's an example of a quick win, right? You could get pipeline pretty quickly. Where I have seen it takes a lot longer. I have a friend who runs ABM specifically on these massive customers. I mean, literally, he had he did a webinar just for 4,000 from one company for existing customers. But anyway, what he was saying is they saw a little bit of, not much difference in year one, year two, a little bit of difference. But by year three, if you compared that set of accounts that got all this extra love, extra focus, 40% increase in ACV. That does pay off on those big guys. But you can also get quick wins just on your focus, right? Like I do a lot of advertising through it. We have an awesome digital team at Demandbase, and they have been doing some amazing warm-up campaigns for me. We just did an easy ad. We called it easy ad campaign. It's less than $3,000. We got 
200 new accounts from it. We got 1,500 people visiting our website and a 10% click-through, which I didn't even know you could get that on ads. But if you're very personalized and relevant and use your journey stages, showing different ads based where you are on the journey, you can get some good results. And so we got kudos to your digital team. That's fantastic. I love those kind of results. That's amazing. I also think it's, it's so interesting that you say the three years, because I think that's an organizational mindset then, right? You guys got to be committed and you've got to be patient and you've got to be willing to stay the course because when you're working, especially when you get into enterprise and large accounts, it's, it may not be an overnight thing. So we talked about patience earlier in our mistakes, but patience to allow some of these methods to actually work for you, which is hard sometimes, right? You know, we run an ad for six weeks and if we're not seeing results, we're like, change it out, do something different, do that, you know? So, I mean, that's a, that's a commitment, right? To stay the course, But the payoff was, I mean, that's massive. Yeah. And what I'm seeing is organizations that have focused on that, just customer cross-sell, for example, are oftentimes now trying to take that and move it down into new business. And the same flip, if you are really focusing on new business, most of your programs are new business and you know what works, then they're starting to move those up into customer cross-sell. So I've seen that for sure. That's great. Good. Well, thank you for our little off-course adventure there. Okay. (laughs) Sandra is good on her feet, for sure. (laughs) So is there anything exciting that you're working on right now? Anything you can share with us? Anything coming out next year? Demand base? Any marketing programs you're getting ready to launch? Oh, well, what I'm working on right now is, is exciting to me because I've spent A lot of my focus around the ABM side, as we were discussing earlier, and with the acquisition of InsideView and Demand Matrix, there's this all these new solutions available to me, which is exciting on the data side, which you know everybody always says my data is awful, my you know, and it probably is true. You run all these great programs, and if you don't have good data and they're not the right people in there, you're wasting your time, right? So I'm spending a lot of time with the data team, learning about all this different technographics, firmographics, intent, how you use those in your campaigns, how you automate. So a lot of what I'm thinking about is how do you orchestrate how marketing works, plus with SDRs, with sales, with our growth account directors, and how you you get that to happen in the background with not a lot of manual intervention. Let it like let it fly, right? So someone told me where the magic happens is that activation. So really focusing on that activation, but with a day to spin, which is exciting for me. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You have to let us know how how it all pans out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can have a uh, happy hour lunch and learn type thing. You can, you can share with Dana and I, your learnings and discoveries. Sounds Mm -hmm. good. Sounds good. Yeah. Awesome. So our last question, we've been asking all of our guests this question, and, and I think it is insightful and it's really to come from the heart. And Sandra, you and I both have daughters who are young women rounding out their teenage years. Um, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? If you could kind of pop back and whisper in her ear, what would you say either personally and professionally to maybe steer clear of some of the heartache and, and pains that you've experienced between 20 and now? Yeah. Okay. So one, I guess I already uh, spilled the beans on, which is we're in PR, not the ER. So not don't take yourself too seriously. The second one, I got this one from Tracy Kraft. She's the VP of Revenue Marketing at Demandbase. It's no agenda, 
Noah Tenda. <laughs> which I love and just being really clear about why the heck are we in this meeting and what are we trying to get out of the meeting and then notes from the meeting. So what's the takeaway? And then I think the last piece of advice kind of leans off that. And this was actually from Carrie Baldwin. She gave me this book. It's called Essentialism. And it's like, do I even need to be in this meeting? Do I need to say yes to this project? <laughs> it's in the end, the advice is less, but better. You really need to evaluate, is this something I should be doing? What is going to really have a high impact? If we're, I think in the book, it has this circle with some arrows going around it and the arrows don't get very far. But if the circle and the arrows all line up together, they go forward. And so your energy behind these bigger projects that make bigger impact, just really thinking about that. Well, and that's Carrie and I talk about this because I read the book too. And I think it's a value because probably what, I, I forget what he says, 70, 80% of what's on our list is it actually going, is it going to take you to your next goal? Does it need to be done? But then more importantly, and this is kind of goes back to the space thing, it's space so we don't make mistakes, but it's also space so we can be creative, right? The creative flows and we're in a highly creative industry. I would argue that everybody's role in their business requires some level of creativity. And if nobody has the space to be creative, I mean, nobody's going to come up with anything amazing. No one's going to think of really creative room drops or creative marketing campaigns or events or any of this because they're just checking boxes, right? They don't have the time to put the mind space around it. So yeah. I have one other idea that just came to me as we we're talking. And I learned this, well, I thought about this when we had a marketing leadership offsite and the exercise, and this is an easy exercise, you can all do it, was one slide about your life. And in the middle, it was kind of it was like over the years, like what was your highs and your lows? So there was a line in the middle and your highs and the lows. Anyway, it's a really great way. You, you put stars and you tell about like specific things like when I went to college or when I started this job or things. It's just a really nice way, simple way for people to talk about their lives and share. As I did that exercise and I was really thinking about my highs and my lows, for me, it's all about the people over my life. And that's why I always say I love marketers and marketers because I'm friends with, you know, the people I market to with customers and partners and everything. But it is about the people all along the way. And just never forget that. Always. It's just that that would be my other advice. Keep those relationships, right? And, and value them and, and take care of each other, right? I love that. And on that note, I think that's a great kind of segue to wrap up and Sandra, I personally value your friendship more than words could say. And I know as a client and a colleague, we love working with you. The whole team loves working with you. And thanks for bringing an energy to our projects and, and the creativity. And we hope that you are given the space that you need and you're really um, less but better, you know, less in the but next, better. Uh, next stage less of your life. So, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Thank you, Sandra. Dana, it's a great yes. episode. Thanks, everybody. And that's as real as it's getting with this episode. Thanks for joining our hosts, Dana Harder and Carrie Baldwin with Unreal Digital Group in this podcast, Marketing Gets Real, where we talk to savvy leaders who seek change, adapt to it, and leverage it as an opportunity. If you're loving these oh shit, tell it how it is conversations, then please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time.